Hey hotties, welcome back to Hot Takes with a Hot Gal. It is your host, Alyssa, the said hot gal. Uh, Go to my Instagram, judge for yourself. Got a lot of bikini pictures up there. Um, And yeah, welcome back after the Easter break. Uh, I hope you guys all had a good time, ate a lot of eggs. You know, my family doesn't really celebrate Easter. I'm not sure if that's a thing that happens on Easter. Probably not. So, nope. Okay. Um, Today's topic is going to be kind of fun, in my personal opinion, um, and a little historical. Sorry, y'all are going to be learning. Yeah, I said it. I'm doing it. Um, I joked about this on the intro to my very first podcast, but we, my guest Katie and I, are going to be talking about who we think the hottest presidents are. Um, And I think that it's really important in this current day and age because our president currently is fucking ugly, and I think it's really important to remember the good old days. Um, So on that note, I'm going to introduce my friend Katie. Um, If you want to just say a little something about yourself. Hey, y'all. I am Katie. I am Alyssa's boyfriend, Alyssa's boyfriend. She's my new boyfriend. Chris is out of the picture. <laughs> oh, Chris is a, my cousin. Chris is Alyssa's boyfriend. That was where I was going with that. Yes, everyone knows Chris. Hopefully, this is the cousin of Chris, comma Katie. Correct. That's me. That's that is. I've often been referred to as Chris's cousin, like in college, because Chris and I went to the same college. Um, but when I'm not being Chris's cousin, I live in Chicago. I'm visiting San Diego, so I'm visiting yeah. Alyssa and Chris. So you uh, all know where both of us live, if anyone wants to go ahead and stalk us at any point. Oh, see, so we're both fans of true crime, so <laughs> I probably shouldn't have given our locale away. It's okay, I gave my last name. Oh, last, for- ep- like I was like, hmm, well, whatever, there's so many Alyssa Whites in the world. You can't say your last name, because oh, it's, yeah. it's nowhere. Yeah, do not look me up on Instagram. Don't. I am not on the gram right now, so you won't see any any yeah. pics. She's like that next level of cool, guys. No, no, no. No, I'm not. Um, but I'm super excited. I was I was a history major uh, with a particular fondness for Abraham Lincoln, which we'll get into oh, in, a, yeah. in a moment. Um, but I'm excited to be here. Yay, yay, yay. We're drinking some Rodney Strong vineyards. I don't know. It's like a Cab Sav. I don't know who Rodney is. I don't know if I trust him, but it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. good. It's and we're, smooth. It is. It is. Um, did Pete pick this out? Is that why? Yeah. Yes. yes. That'll do it. For, for those who don't know, the listeners out there, Pete is my father. Yeah. He's very Italian. He yeah. loves a good, a good Cab Sav. Yeah. So Pete is Chris's cousin's father. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Let's go. No one else other than Chris is my boyfriend, just so we're clear. Yeah. Yeah. Monogamy. Monogamy. Cheers to that. Um, all right, fam. So we kind of discussed this a little bit last night, wine drunk after dinner. Um, so we kind of have in our heads who we think the hottest president is, but I'm going to turn the tables on you a little bit. Ready? Just to make your chosen person a little bit more fair in the game, we are going to talk about three different categories of hottest president. Ready? Mm -hmm. And then I'll bring up a picture for us to Mm -hmm. look at. Um, Hottest president during his presidency. Okay. Okay. Hottest president, like, throughout his whole lifetime. 
So, like, in that, your years would work for that. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil it yet. But years would work for that, right? And then hottest president based off of what he did for our country. Oh. Yeah, like we it. care about personality here, folks. We fucking care. But that's, it's going to be the third part, so we don't care that much, truly. <laughs> all right. So here I am, looking up all the presidents. There's pictures of them everywhere. There's 45, question mark? 44? No, 45. I think we are currently on the 45th. Yeah. The, the wild one. Yeah. You get, I guess you, you know, 44 pretty straight-laced dudes, and then the 45th president is crazy. Yeah. That's how that works. And we can safely say the 45th is the ugliest. In, in all cases, actually. In all three cases. Definitely the last one. Definitely what he's doing for our country. Yeah. And during current... Pre- I mean, maybe it's just his personality getting in the way of everything else. But he thick. But not a good thick. He just thick. Andrew Johnson is very high up on my list in terms of just ugliest president overall. Oh, I thought you were going to say hottest president. Okay, that, okay. Oh, no, no. Andrew Johnson was one of the worst presidents, yeah. in my in my opinion. He's the president after Lincoln. Even Lincoln didn't like him. Uh-oh. Anyway, okay, I, I'm, I'm digressing. We'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, so there I was looking at all these pictures and... I don't know what it is. I don't know if this is weird of me. I think I have like a mustache fetish. I mean, mm. ever since Chris started getting one, I'm like, wow, I'm like really into these. So Teddy Roosevelt jumped out at me, which I know is a very hot take because no one ever thinks of Teddy Roosevelt as like a like a handsome man. I mean, I think handsome, yeah, but like, like I'd let him... I was trying to make a political reference, but I don't know shit about politics. Politics. Politicking. Yeah, politicking. There we go. Um, So I think that, for me, he is the hottest one during his actual presidency. He's got the mustache. He's got those, like, really trendy, small, oval glasses, right? Mm -hmm. He's got hair, a full head of hair, very rare, right? And he's always dressing snazzy. And his... Full name, Theodore Roosevelt. I'm here. I'm here. However, Teddy makes him seem much more approachable, which I also enjoy. I mean, so that's all. I think it's a hot take just because he was, like, old, right? He was He was old, but <laughs> he... Teddy Roosevelt, my favorite fun fact about him, is that he would go off for long expanses of time while he was president on his horse, no one knew where he was. He would just go out west and explore Yosemite and Yellowstone and the national parks. Was he the national park dude? He was the national park dude. Okay. Yes. And so he, there were long months, like months, where no one knew where he was, which I think is so interesting. That's even sexier. He's a mountain man. Yeah, he's a he's- mountain man. He was small, like S-M-O-L, as a child. <laughs> he was a small boy. And he, like, I think, do not quote me on this, I think he suffered from some illness as a child. I think it may have been polio. Wait, that's FDR. FDR did, you're right, did suffer from polio. I only know that because I just listened to a podcast on it. It was, he he was ill as a child. I don't know what the illness was. He Honestly, spent, it could have been polio because everyone had it back in those true. fucking days. Well, he spent time in an iron lung. 
Oh, that's a polio thing. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, you're right. Okay. Oh, they both got... I still don't know their relation. Are they father-son? No. No, they're... they're it's like... I, I'm going to get it wrong. It's like cousins. There were the, oh, no the East Bay Roosevelt's and the West Bay Roosevelt's. Y'all, and I they literally thought they were father-son this no, my entire not. life. No. When was Teddy in office? Do you know that off the top of your head? No, no. He was in office around the turn of the century. He had been the police chief of, I want to say, New York City. Um, he, his, he should have never really been president. But he ended Ooh. up... Oh. What is that supposed to mean? Well, I think, I mean, he necessarily, he wasn't one of those people who, like, strove to be president their entire life. He was the police chief, and he was, like, really hated as the police chief. Um, and then he ended up somehow getting into, I think he was a senator, and then that was how he rose to fame. Okay. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Please, I see, I see, Alyssa has her phone out. This is triggering. This is 1901 good. to 1909 is when okay. he was president. However, I think I looked at an image uh, that was very not, like, actually what he looked like. Or maybe it was. But, is that Pete? <laughs> he has is that a, your dad? He's got a full bushy mustache going on, like my dad. Can you look up what illness he had as a as a small boy? Yes, I will. What illness? Okay, well, I'll do this. Who was your hottest presidency during his time? How's hottest president? Hottest president during his time. As president. Just in terms of looking hot. Yeah, I don't care if he murdered people. I don't care what STDs he spread. I want to know. I Mine is probably going to be Bill Clinton. And that is a, probably a hot take. I feel like no. I mean, that's the whole reason he got into so much trouble. He was a hottie. Uh, I think he was a hottie when he was governor. I but but I just think he's a very attractive man, and he has that you know he has that very sexual energy about him. You know, I think that's so true because there are those people that you meet that you're like you wouldn't find conventionally attractive. But they literally have an energy about them. Yeah. There's it's their like, aura. Yeah. There's something they have like extra nice pheromones God gave them or whatever. But it's, yeah, I think he has to have one of those, right? Well, my dad, Pete, Teddy Teddy Roosevelt's doppelganger. Now I can't, now I take back my Teddy Roosevelt, by the way. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm <hey>. triggered. <laughs> but so uh, he saw Bill Clinton speak once and said that he when he walked into a room, he's one of those people where he just sucks up all of the energy. Yeah. And I think I am very attracted to alpha males, mm-hmm. and I think he's an alpha male. I also want to be clear, I do not condone his presidency. No. And the Monica Lewinsky situation was terrible. Like, he very much exploited this young girl. Yes. But. Yeah, no. The first two, we're just talking about heat. He, he, he. Yeah, also, yeah, Teddy Roosevelt is also problematic in a lot of ways. Aren't they all? Any white male that comes across my eyesight, I know there's something wrong with him. Well, they recently, I read this article about how sociopaths, why the traits related to sociopaths have not been eradicated, like, evolutionarily, because they should be. Yeah. At this point, like, people wouldn't mate with 
serious narcissists yeah or like people that are sociopaths yeah but the issue is is that a lot of sociopathic traits are actually really helpful in small doses so people who go into politics for example pretty much you have to have some sense of narcissism Mm -hmm. to be that successful to like get to that level and so that is the reason why sociopaths theoretically according to some scientists still exist well and in that same case like you automatically, because your you're, sociopaths tend to be charismatic at Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. right? And then you go into positions of power, which women automatically find people in positions of power to be sexier. Then they're going to mate with them. It's freaking crazy, but it's true. Yeah. Which, at all of our presidents, you know, except for Obama, my dream man. Well, Obama was talking about how they asked him who his favorite president was. Oh, really? And he, he, I can't remember who his favorite president was like overall, but he was also kind of looking at different metrics. And he said his favorite president in terms of what he was doing while in office was Teddy Roosevelt, just from the standpoint that he got to like leave. Because if you're, you know, if you're a current modern 21st century president who's under scrutiny. Yeah. 24-7, whose children are in the press, you know, you're dealing with a lot from a publicity standpoint, going off on your horse out to Yellowstone for a couple months. Obama's like, that's all I want to do is go off and play hoops in the day. Did Obama say which one he thought was the hottest president, perchance? That was not one of the metrics. That was not one of the metrics. Honestly, that would be a really good point to prove. Like, I think we should start asking that of current president. Uh, presidential possibilities. Like, I feel like that really shows what kind of taste they have and how they're going to lead our country. And we should also have a have a female president at some point so that, yes. you know, 10 years from now, you could have people who are, you know, also, are attracted to women having this podcast. Automatically, women are 10 times hotter. So, like, they're going to be the hottest president of all time. I, what I think would be concerning for me is as a female president, how much scrutiny will be put into their looks. Oh, I know. Which is really frustrating, but yeah. That's why you gotta get, like, like, Hillary was, like, older but not old enough. You gotta get someone that everyone just sees as, like, a non-threatening older woman. Because then, like, no one will care about her looks. But she's still, like, healthy. Like, she could still beat the shit out of you. But she's not, like, conventionally, like youthful and attractive if you will I think that's the only way someone will like take a woman seriously in office unfortunately is like they don't have to focus on their looks yeah but I also just think women are so beautiful that truth regardless of age I just want like the fiercest most like amazing woman in office just to like suck up all of the toxic masculinity and misogyny that is so pervasive in our culture and in Washington to just like suck all of that up and just like not deal with the bullshit. I would love that. We can hope. It'll happen soon. Because I think that that would be so good for like young girls to be able to see that, you know, to see someone. Because I think that as women, we're expected to tone down our femininity in a lot of ways and we're judged for it. Yeah. And so I would love to see someone with a really strong feminine presence. I don't even mean look look wise. Yeah. If If that's part of her and what she wants to do, that's great. But just someone who has completely owned their femininity and, like, is not afraid to be called a bitch. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to happen because 
like in our time, obviously, like all people that go into the politics game, they have to be older. That's just kind of how it's always been. So what is the like minimum age to run for president? You 45? have to be third. Is it 45? I think it's 35. 35. But fact check me. Uh, no, we're not about facts here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I refuse. Um, but like our generation, we're both 24. We still have time. Like that person that you're describing is likely in our generation. So we just have to give it another 10 years because yeah. that's how we were all raised. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the one thing that I hope comes out of our current 45th president is is that it gets rid of the kind of the glean or like the shimmer of the presidency. Like, I hate that the presidency is being tarnished in the way that it is, but I hope that like from the ashes, it can kind of maybe take an office that has in the past been very much looked as something that's unreachable yeah. or that you have to go to Harvard or Yale or do yeah. these like very set career paths in order to get there. I would love if we could step back from some of that and and actually kind of see other people who traditionally might not be considered quote unquote presidential Agreed. material yeah. and like elevate them to that office. Yeah, like I think the current president has taken it to the extreme, but now people are like, oh, it can be in the middle. Like it can be someone who like hasn't gone to Harvard uh-huh. or whatever. Like hopefully not as extreme as what we're seeing, but yeah, yeah. someone who hasn't had that sort of educational experience or like other types of experience also hopefully what we can gain from this presidency is no more tanning beds you do not look better with a fake tan do we think is i mean i hope he's using jurgens because like the idea of going in a tanning bed is so detrimental to to like you're just your skin like, yeah, but look at him, dude. He's gonna look good. No, he doesn't. I mean, but he's so we, it, ten out of ten. He is using a tanning bed. He's not like lathering up with like some Jergens. Once again, not a facts and figures podcast. He might be lathering up with Germans. <laughs> with Germans, I thought it was the Russians, but <laughs> let's, let's throw the Germans in there too. Honestly, who knows? But no, um, if he is lathering up with Jergens, the problem with that is. You know he's not doing it himself. Gross. Is does Jurgens work? Yes. Okay. I've never used it, but I've always been intrigued by it. You gotta use banana boat. Banana boat tanning. Anyways. Fake tanning bad in beds. Jurgens good. Done. Alright. Um, so yeah, now what? Uh, we're just going to keep getting off topic because he's so hideous and he's so awful and everything he does. And that's okay. Life be like that sometimes, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is important how we're kind of bucketing the hottest presidents because I do think that there have been some presidents that, you know, maybe are not traditionally attractive or don't have the aura of your Bill Clintons. Mm-hmm. But they're so hot because of what they've done for this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll, that'll do it. All right. So, now we're on to the next bucket, which is hottest president, but as a youth. So, or or as older. Honestly, if you're really into older men, more power to you, but throughout their entire lifespan, 18 or above, please, this isn't a problematic problem. But... I know you already have your answer. Go for it. I'm listening, but I need to look mine up. I 
am ashamed to say I know nothing about this president other than the fact that he was a very attractive youth. But just Google Rutherford B. Hayes. We'll include pictures on my Instagram. So everyone go to hot underscore takes underscore hot underscore gal. Love. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Rutherford B. Hayes had this great, like this thick head of brown hair. And I'm a sucker for that. And he had great bone structure. And he was like kind of tan. Um... Rutherford B. Hayes. Unfortunately for him, I don't think his presidency was a huge success. His name was Rutherford, though, though, which I think is second to the senator Thaddeus Stevens. Rutherford B. Hayes might be the coolest political name. Do you think of he went time. by Ruth? No, but I wonder what the B stood for. Like probably something like Barnes. I was gonna say Billy, but yours makes way more sense. I don't think, I think that Billy as a nickname for William probably came <laughs> after, post Rutherford, Rutherford. Okay, I mean, like, no offense, you're a history buff, but are you a nicknames buff? How do you know when nicknames come about? Come at me. I think nicknames are a really recent thing, and I don't know. No! I, I feel like, I kind yeah, Mm-mm. no, 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 no. No, I actually, I don't know what class this was in college. It was like a business class. Where we talked about, like, where nicknames stemmed from. And Tiffany was a nickname for one other name that stemmed, that came out of the 1800s. Whoa, Tiffany. They have been, nicknames have been around, around, around. That's so, see, that's so interesting. I know, because you always think of Tiffany as, like, this newer name. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, no, Tiffany is an old-ass name. And it's a nickname. Whoa. Right? I actually need to look that up, too. Um, I, so I think... And this is actually really interesting because people assume you have a tendency to overestimate the way that the past is so different from our current moment. So, for example, um, I took a history of human sexuality in America class Mm -hmm. in college, and we talked a lot about the Victorian era and how we have this misconception that during the Victorian era, people were prudes. They were total freaks. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Life was so boring, you had to be a freak. Like, life's out at 6 p.m. I know what they're doing. And this, it all comes full circle because Teddy Roosevelt's uh, big campaign when he was police chief of New York City was an anti-smut campaign where he was, like, going into these pubs where they were circulating information, like, not even smutty information, like information about birth control or just like human sexuality. And he was like totally like cracking down on that stuff. Damn. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that might be some points against his hotness. Yeah. But no, we're just talking about, we're just talking about looks. looks. Because that's all men are good for. Not a hot take. A normal take, I would say. That's a little spicy. In my friend group, it's not okay. All right, we're, we're going to talk about Tiffany for a second. Medieval form of Theophania, which Ooh. is Greek, That's which pretty. is literally the oldest freaking civilization of all time. So it was, it died out after the Middle Ages. So Theophania from ancient Greek, and then into French, it went to, I don't know how to fucking Tiffany, but with a PH. So it's a hella old name. It's like one of the oldest names there are. Do you know any Tiffany's? No. 
Do you? No. Okay. Um, to be clear, is Christopher vacuuming right now? He's vacuuming my car. He's cleaning out my car. I'm a really messy human, and I live in my car, basically, because I have to drive two hours, uh, to and from work, one hour each way, but two hours total, um, and I have to work nine hours a day, and then I'll, like, go to the gym, so I always keep, like, an extra pair of shoes, an extra pair of everything in my car, and then every morning... I, like, have to eat breakfast on my way to work, so it's just, like, a bunch of trash. And Christopher hates it so much, but I love him, and he's cleaning out my car for me, which is good, because my dad is visiting, and he would literally murder me if he saw the state of my car right now. Okay. I hope he listens to this podcast, but maybe not this exact moment of the podcast. Yeah. I hope my dad listens to it. I don't know. We'll see. I'll text them later. Um... All right, so I looked up hottestheadsofstate.com. I was on this website when I was planning. Yeah. So I live, the presidents of the United States when they were young and hunky. Everyone, I will link this as well. Um, So I'm looking through. Number one is still George Washington, which I'm not really so sure about that. I am going to, yeah, a little bit more. A little bit more. Hope you guys like that. So, I'm kind of leaning towards Andrew Jackson a little bit, but I think it's just because I like a long, interesting face. Like, I don't think he's conventionally attractive. Oh, I love a good long face. And look at those. He has great cheekbones. I know. That's what I'm saying. He kind of looks, like, threatening. Like, when I was a kid, I was into all of the bad guys in movies. Like, I was really into the villain, and that's what every villain looked like. Well, Andrew Jackson took what he wanted. His wife, Rachel, who he was madly in love with. Like, I think he he and his wife, Rachel, Rachel Jackson, could be up for, like, hottest couple just in, like, how passionate they were towards each other. Ooh. They would, like, write each other these, like, hot, sexy letters when he was, like, off fighting in the uh, War of 1812. This is the kind of history I care about. Don't talk to me about actual political view- views. Talk to me about freaking what they do in the bedroom, or I guess what they do on letter was, like, the nudes of that time, right? Oh, yeah. They, people sexting had a, had an ancestor, and that ancestor is like dirty, smutty letters that people were writing to each other. And so and so what ended up happening was was is that uh, Rachel Jackson was married when Ooh. yeah, when when uh, she met a young Andrew Jackson who was a nobody. He was an orphan. He was a nobody, but he was hot. Yeah, and he Wait, also he was an orphan like he was still a kid. Well, well, he was he was probably a teenager by the time he came to Nashville again. Not a hard fact, just my estimation of the timeline. Our hope. But during the revolution, he was um like falsely imprisoned in a home by a British soldier and the British soldier like s- like slammed a gun on top of his head and so he like his whole life he suffered from serious bodily injury from that and was like always in pain and then his his dad wasn't in the picture and his mom was a maid for their like their family I'm literally so, getting goosebumps yeah this is like my dream man yeah he was like so he was like broody and troubled and then he rolled into Nashville nobody knew him and Rachel was the daughter of the first mayor of Nashville like the founder of Nashville Ooh. 
a but she's, Yeah, but she's married to some other dude, and he's awful, and he abused her. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Jackson was like, no. And so he rescued her from this terrible situation. And, yeah. And then he becomes a war hero. And then he comes back to Nashville, and they, like, get married. Or maybe they got married, and then he went to Nashville. But anyway, she was still technically married when they got married. And so throughout his entire life, the his, like, political enemies, like, called her, the, like, a harlot and stuff. Because she was technically married. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, you're just jealous. You don't have a harlot of a wife. She's hot. Sorry, and, bitch. And he got, like, some duels over it. And, That's like, what this was people. talking about. Yeah. yeah, I'm here for a duel. I'm here for the whole... Oh my gosh, honor my name. Yeah, but then she died. After, tuberculosis. Yeah, after. No shit. Yeah, I don't know if it was tuberculosis, but she died like after he had been elected the first time, but before he took office. So he was just really like sad oh. the whole time he was president. He kind of looks it, yeah. yeah. I only say she died of tuberculosis because Edgar Allan Poe's cousin and child wife, Rachel also died of TB. So that's, anytime there's a an old-timey Rachel. Look it up. She may have died of tuberculosis. That's funny. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Teddy Roosevelt had debilitating asthma. Asthma. Hence the iron lung, because back in that day, they were like, what? What? They threw people in iron lungs. Left and right. Everyone lived in the iron young lung. Wow, look at me. We're not even that lit at this point, although my ears are warm. Oh, they look a little red. I know. My ears start feel at first with wine drunk. You also have small ears. I have the smallest ears. Um, My roommate, Hannah, her mom has this theory that, like, people who have low ears are sociopaths and or serial killers. Where were Ted Bundy's ears on his face? Somebody let us know that is Hannah's theory, Hannah's mom's theory, and I'm here for it. I'm, like, not mad at it. Well, you have high ears. That's why I don't know where my ears fall. Yours are normal ears, yeah. Another thing that people look at with, like, um, I guess scary people in general is, like, the eyes don't touch, like, your your eye color doesn't touch the bottom of your eyes so there's, like, a white space normally. Ooh, that's scary. It's super spooky. They also say that sociopaths have different handwriting. Like, their handwriting is never, like, static. But oh. I have, I do that. Like, I'll, like, start off and my handwriting will look one way and then I'll, like, switch into block letters. And I've done it since I was well, little. Well, that's just fun and cute. Maybe. I From a young age, I was always concerned about it. After I heard <laughs> that fact, I was like, oh, no. Well, no, that's completely different because that's, like, us being girls and fun and creative in our writing. Like, block letters and changing your normal handwriting is way different. And, like, a cursive... T- that's way different. That's just, like, trying to experiment. I do the same thing. I had no idea. But I idea. am a sociopath, so... Okay. I had no idea. This is cathartic. I had no idea this would be, like, have such yeah. benefits for my for my personality. You're just a that fun girl. Flaws. You're just a fun girly girl. Hee-hee. hee um, but what I was going to say, all right, there's Ruthie B. That's Ruthie B. That's what it stands for. Babe. Rutherford. Babe, Babe Hayes. Hayes. Come at me. But James Garfield. No. Really? Not. No, thank you. The consensus among historians and presidential scholars is that, comma, of all the presidents, comma, James Garfield had the most beautiful eyes. And then there's a break. They also agree that he had the poutiest lips. Ooh. First of all, 
Where do I get this job? Where do I... Sorry, my phone's sweaty because that's who I am. His eyes are piercing blue. They're so blue. And I, I am here for that. And his lips are big and I'm also here for that. You know what? Actually, I'm going to take a There back. you go. I'm like, where did you... Where was the Stark... The Stark no from? James Garfield has my round face. And I have a, I have a really round face. We'll insert a picture. Yeah. So I'm always like... I'm always you don't have a round face. I have a pretty round face. I don't think so. You have a nice little jawbone. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. My hairstylist just said the same thing. Me and your hairstylist have that in common. That's the biggest compliment that anyone can ever give me. Because I always really want to cut my hair really short. Mm -hmm. And then people are, people always go, oh, your face is too round. So, Hmm. thank you. Yeah, no. They're lying and you need to replace those people with better people. Well, I don't think, my hair is really like frizzy. You know, so like I feel like if you I go shorter, yeah, my mom has sh- the same natural hair. Yeah, if I go shorter. Well, there's James Garfield. We'll insert him in. Who was the guy with the chops? He's hot. Further down. Further down. Oh, that's Chester A. Arthur, which also looks. He kind of looks like Edgar Allan Poe, honestly. He does. It concerns me that the hottest presidents aren't presidents we talk about a lot. It makes me wonder if they were elected because of their how attractive they were, like JFK. A lot of people, there's that scene in Mad Men where they're talking yeah. about how JFK will be elected because of his looks. And there was that that experiment where the, the debates between him and Nixon, people who listened on the radio thought that Nixon did better. And people who saw the television um, debate, the debate on TV, it was the first debates to be televised. Nixon infamously was sweating the whole time and refused makeup because he thought it was girly. Oh. Would have helped you a little, you know. Classic Nixon. Tricky Dick. Say, can we just say that is very classic? I know. Tricky Dick needed, I don't understand this like fear of being effeminate that was, I mean, I, I think it's bad now. I bet it was really bad in 1960. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Anyway, but people who saw the debate on TV thought JFK did better because he looked really put together. Well, people automatically like better looking people. Like, people automatically like attractive people more, which is pretty fucked up. But it's like your genetics and like the way you your brain works. You automatically trust them more. Yeah. Um, you automatically like, you just like them as a person more. And you're more likely to talk to them like on the street or something. Hmm, that makes sense. How do pheromones work? Uh, are you asking me? Yeah. I, me, the scientist? Um, no clue. I have no idea how they work. But they, they have been proved to be a real thing. Yes. And those also play a huge part in it. Because yeah. pheromones, I think people think of them traditionally as like an attraction thing. It, it is an attraction thing, but I, I actually watched a documentary that's like the, the science of sex. And... It's, it's pheromones in the way is like, your body produces, not like someone has more pheromones, it's like, your body, your natural pheromones will attract someone else based on, like, theirs. Yeah. So it's like, you're gonna be more likely, like, when you're in love with someone, you love the smell of their BO. Yeah. 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 It's like, totally. And when you're like, they did a whole study where it's like girls smelling someone's BO and like one of them they actually really liked and then they like matched up the guys to it and they liked that guy. It was really interesting. That makes so much sense. Yeah. But yeah, so that's like, that's a whole chemical thing that's going on. 
Which they don't get when they're just televised on TV, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they're still hot. Interesting. Yeah. We'll do another podcast episode on that because I love the science of sex. Like the podcast, or the documentary, and just like the concept in general. Agreed. Um, So we're on to our final bucket, which is the hottest president in what he did for our country. Now this is going to be, oh wait, look at Herbert Hoover. I'm down for that. Oh, Herbert Hoover, he has a wonderful wide-brimmed hat on. Handsome man. That I'm all about. Um, So I don't know shit about U.S. history, so this is going to be a little harder for me. I only know what I listened to from a previous podcast, so I'm going to start out. <clears throat> Wait, no. I have two. One, Obama. So this is the president that is hottest wall because of what he did for our country. Yes. Okay. And I don't even think it's like he really changed the country that much. I just think he was such a good base for our country when it came to other countries, and like he was just so charismatic in the way... Like, being associated with him as a country was good for us. Does that make sense? Agreed. Like, I don't think he made any huge changes. No. But, like, he he was just, like, a good man to have as a friend of our country. And, like, other people respected him, which made our other relationships with other countries way better. Especially than it is now. So, it was, I think, in that way... Hottest mm-hmm. president. Also, I'm, like, really into him. Anyways, um, second to that is Frankie D. Roosevelt because of the whole polio thing. So, just because he got made fun of for polio so much, which is kind of a different way, but, like, he was, like, at the forefront of, like, making sure everyone gets vaccinated, making sure everyone, like, pays attention to it, which is why it's eradicated now, which is amazing. I learned all of this about... Uh, polio from this podcast will kill you by the way a really good one about uh, learning about viruses and everything but no he he did a really great thing in helping to stop the polio epidemic and how how it went around and um, just because obviously he was affected by it and he was the one in a wheelchair all the time but never got photographed in a wheelchair because they always everyone always used it against him which is also fucked up but it's a really cool concept that he got, he was able to do that for our country, especially when people didn't believe in the concept of vaccines back then. So, I mean, a little different in the normal political sense, but pretty cool. That's and world changing, cool. right? Like it actually changed the world because now everyone pays attention to polio. I agree. Yeah, just a little hot take there. What about you? I would have to say just. Piggying, uh, to, to piggyback off of the vaccine comment, Abigail Adams would be my hottest pick for non-presidents. Oh, okay. For people who changed the country. Abigail Adams, obviously her husband John was our second president. All right, I was going to say fourth. I trust you more. I think second. And she was super involved. They also had a very passionate love story. They were super in love with each other and were also kind of, you know, dabbling in the, in the smutty letters. But Abigail Adams vaccinated her children. Yeah. And that was way, way back in the day. Yeah. Like she basically figured out she was very interested in the sciences. And so she, um, in communicating with other doctors, they didn't really understand it, but she like cut her children's arms open basically. And like, 
put I, I don't like know the swabs what, yeah. of like yeah I, I don't know that. what the illness was that she was um, preventing against, but it worked. So like super badass woman. She is writing to John while he is at the Continental Congress um, and they're drafting up these founding documents. She literally is like, hey, like remember the ladies, like remember to to enfranchise us, um, which he does not, he doesn't take her advice on, obviously. Yeah. She's awesome though. I love Abigail Adams. Hottest president for what he did for our country. I'm sure that this will come to no as no surprise to anyone who knows me. It's Abraham Lincoln. I was going to say, I thought you were going not Abe, and I was going to flip the table. I was going to be so upset. No. I, Abraham Lincoln is my personal hero. I uh, moved into my apartment uh, like four or five months ago, and there is still nothing up on the wall except a portrait of Abraham Lincoln from 1880 that I got at an antique store that is my personal prized possession. Um, I personally think that there are very few moments in our history where I think that the path diverges so deeply. Um, I think Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination is one of them. Mm -hmm. I think Bobby Kennedy's assassination is one of them. But there are these moments where it feels like our country is on one path and we kind of take a hard left turn. And it's not to say that we can't get back on the path or find another path that actually works better. I I very much take a nonlinear view of history in that way. But I do think that Abraham Lincoln's assassination is one of these moments where it feels like he had such a pulse on what was happening in the South. He had a plan for reconstruction and reconciliation. Uh, A few days before he died, he and his son, uh, I want to say it was his son Tad, go to Richmond, which had been the capital of the Confederacy, uh, to view the damage, basically. And he asks the band to play Dixie, which was the anthem of the Confederacy, as a sign of goodwill and a sign of reconciliation. Um, he also, while he's he's at Richmond, I believe he's at Richmond, he gives a speech where he gestures towards giving the right to vote to free and newly freed black uh, men. And uh, John Wilkes Booth hears that speech oh. and says that it's the last speech that he will ever give. So that was the triggering moment. That was the catalyst for his assassination, correct. Interesting. Um, but I think that Abraham Lincoln... Uh, he is someone who took humor. I mean, he suffered from severe depression his whole life. It was genetic. Big mood. Yeah, yes. Um, But I think that that gave him, like so many great thinkers who do suffer from depression or suffer from from various um, things, like, you know, FDR, who Mm -hmm. suffered from polio, like Teddy Roosevelt, who suffered from severe asthma in his poor iron lung. Apparently it so. does give people this empathetic lens to view others through. And it, it, it gives totally you a view of history that isn't uh, black and white. Well, also, apparently people with depression are smarter in general. Fun fact. <laughs> Anyways. But um, I think it's just because they're more aware of everything going on around them. Hence, the de- like that's what the depression sets on. But... Um, so I guess your fascination with Abe, is it, I mean, in the sense of what he did for the country, is it the classic, like, putting an end to slavery? And that's, like, his big mark on this country, right? Um, 
Like, is that your main title card and then there's so many little things under it that lead up to it kind of deal? Or is that, like, not even the biggest thing for you in that sense? I, I'm getting very intrigued because she knows fucking everything about Abe, so. I don't know everything, but anything mm. that I do, I very much owe to my mother, which is an Abraham Lincoln quote. And I think that the fact that, you know, he very much, I believe the quote is everything that I am, I owe to my angel mother. I think that that is loosely the quote. And I think that it's twofold for me. I think that I personally identify with Abraham Lincoln because of the way that he was able to navigate a Wait, very able did I say Abel? No, I know, but Abe, Abel. Oh, Sorry. I like it. I, totally, I love the pun. Thank you. I had to do it. I had to interrupt. Sorry, go on. I also like the name Abel. That's for, good. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I think that um, the way that he was able to navigate a very um, complex situation and he was very much able to bring humor and storytelling, yeah. which is something that I'm really passionate about, into the office of the presidency is something that I really admire. And that is why I personally identify with him and why when I'm in a challenging situation, whether it be professional or personal, I very much like the, um, the way that Abraham Lincoln handled himself in difficult situations. Um, I, I saw James Comey speak last year and he, they asked him what the number one um, qualification for being a president should be. And he said that it is someone that can laugh at themselves. Ooh. And he was talking about how when he was serving under Barack Obama, Barack Obama, even in the most like harrowing or um, tense moments, was able to kind of bring a sense of connection, personal one-to-one -one connection yeah. and humor to a situation. And he was able to laugh at himself. Which also, bringing you back to the whole hot president thing, is like what makes a human attractive in general, right? I mean, you ever meet those guys on Tinder that are so fucking serious about themselves that they literally can't laugh at themselves? Like, it's just automatically ten times hotter when someone can, like, find humor in most situations about themselves. Absolutely. No, completely. And I think that, and James Comey was saying that Trump has a really hard time he cannot laugh at himself. And it's a sign of, because I think that people are attracted to confidence. Yeah, exactly. And I think that being able to laugh at yourself and at your quirks and like embrace those as mm -hmm. part of you, that is a, that's a really attractive quality. And I think Abraham Lincoln embodied that. Um, but I also think that the way that he was able, he was an incredibly intelligent human being. And the way that he was able to approach the Civil War, um, when going in, there was not a shot in hell that the 13th Amendment would get passed. Yeah. Like the Union Army, and I think that people have this over, or at least people have this tendency to paint a picture of the Civil War as North good, South bad. Or South good, North bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important to see that at that point in, in our history, it was such a racist time that the soldiers in the Union Army would have literally like put down their guns and stopped fighting if they thought that they were fighting for the end of slavery. Yeah. And when Lincoln issues the Emancipation Proclamation, there are mass desertions yeah. in the Union Army. Like, it is so easy to paint this narrative that the North was emancipating the South, when in reality, it was Abraham Lincoln deftly behind the scenes, desperately trying to make this run for the 13th Amendment, because 
partly because he believed that it was right and partly because he believed that it would end the war. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that he's a complex figure. I think he's come under a lot of heat lately because he does write to the newspapers that he will end the war uh, without slavery or with slavery. He just wants to end the war. Yeah. And I do think that that is very much what was in his mind. He was a very pragmatic human being. Yeah. That's why he ran into so many issues with Mary Todd. Uh, but I also, he genuinely believed um, that, and he his views evolve as the war goes on. But by the time that he issues the Emancipation Proclamation, he does not believe that he is a better human being than Frederick Douglass, who he does invite to the White House, who I do believe is one of the first African-American visitors to the White House. So I, I think that, in short, I am attracted to him. And I think that he was our most attractive president in office because of his humor, because of his intelligence, but also because of the way that he allowed himself and his views to change over time. And he, um, just because he felt one way in 1861, that was obviously not the way that he felt in 1865. And his policy reflected that. And people change and people evolve. And well, I think yeah. that that's awesome. And that's a, a thing that doesn't happen nowadays, especially with like such a stark split in, in parties. Like people believe that they cannot change either during their presidency or change their views during during anything. They have to stick to their guns, which I think is really what is missing, especially nowadays. I know. When did saying something and then changing your mind become a sign of weakness? Social media. Because everyone knows everything you say at every point in time. Everyone has the receipts. Everyone. People just know. They just, they just know. But, you know, this is all to say that it really is personality that matters, fam. We live for Abe Lincoln. We live for Obama. FDR. Really close together eyes. But... Big heart. Well, I don't know. Polio might have shrunk that. But uh, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. Um, thank you. But yeah, this was a good episode. I hope everyone learned a little something. I know I did because I definitely didn't learn anything in AP US history. Um, so this was really exciting. So thank you so much, Katie. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, this it was, was great. Fun. All right, pals, um, I hope you enjoyed, and I will see you next time. Bye.